Okay, Revelation chapter 6. So welcome to the church at Bethel where we gather. We gather for this reason because Jesus has redeemed us. So when we gather, this is a sacred assembly because the blood of Christ, the, the Lamb who is worthy to open the scroll, has saved us from our sins. I don't know about you, but that's why I gather. Because I believe Jesus is worthy of my worship. So if you have wandered in here online, if you've wandered here in person and you are new, we want to say um, welcome. You have no clue what God's about to do in your life. But we believe God has brought you here to do something. So we just want to say, we're going to say thank you to God to bringing you here. So if you're watching online, we want to clap and give praise to God for you. And, and I say this often, church, there are new people here every week. That's just the people I know about. God is doing something in His church and in this community. So today we are continuing a series in the book of Revelation, what we've called Hidden Revealed. And last week, Pastor Jared continued in the Word about the, the victorious slaughtered lamb in Revelation chapter 5. And Pastor Jared reminded us that only the Lamb is worthy to take the scroll and open it. Only the Lamb is worthy to stand in the midst of the throne. And it's only by the blood of the Lamb that you are made worthy to stand before the presence of the Lord. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Josh Burnham, lead pastor here in I get the chance to open the Word today in Revelation chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, join us there. The first five chapters of Revelation, John turns his attention to the church and the church of Christ. And John's characterization of Jesus Christ is the key to interpreting Revelation. So if you ask me, Pastor, what's the key to Revelation? I'm going to give you the Sunday school answer. Jesus. I'm serious. If you say, I found the key. I was on the internet. I'm going to say, no, 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 no. We have the key. His name is Jesus Christ. So any interpretation of any biblical book that does not include Jesus as the only one who is worthy, we have completely missed the picture of why God gave us his word. That's Revelation 1 through 5. And you say, well, Pastor, we're not in Revelation 5 anymore. Now what? We've answered the question, who is worthy? Revelation 6 through 20 answers the question, who can stand? Who can stand? And so with that, I'm going to read two verses, and then we're going to get through five chapters. I believe in you. Revelation chapter 6, beginning in verse 16. This is the question of the sixth seal. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us. Hide us from the face of the one on the throne. And listen to this. And from the wrath of the, the Lamb. So what is the key to understanding Revelation? It is the Lamb of God. The slaughtered Lamb. But he's standing because he didn't stay in the grave. Because the great day of their wrath has come. And who 
is able to stand. And for the next 14 chapters, the book of Revelation answers that question. Who is able to stand in the day of the Lord? So I don't have 14 chapters. I have about 40 minutes. So let's pray and ask God to open our hearts and our minds to knowing Him more. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You for this church as we sing songs about Your glory. As we sing songs of hope in the future that we have in You because of Jesus Christ. The One who died on the cross. Whose blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, Your Son Jesus is the only One who is worthy to open the scroll. And Lord, your son Jesus is the only one who makes us worthy to stand in your presence without blemish and with great joy. So Father, may you fix our eyes again upon Jesus, our Messiah, the author and perfecter of our faith, who answers the question, who alone can stand? Father, be with us. We thank you for the promise that we're two or more gathered. You are here, and Lord, we believe everything that you say. So, Father, thank you for your presence today. Mold us and shape us into your image. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you don't have your Bibles, you're going to need to steal someone's. Because this is the day where you need your Bible. We're going to go from Revelation chapter 6 to Revelation chapter 7 to Revelation chapter 8 to Revelation chapter 9 and then Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. So you can follow along in your book or on your electronic device. So first, let me give some summations before we look at the seals and the trumpets. So the, the following chapters in Revelation are the most debated and diversely interpreted scriptures that we know of. Okay? So if faithful Orthodox Christians throughout time differ on interpretations, that should tell us something. That should tell us that there are several interpretations that may exist that remain faithful to the text. So if someone has a different interpretation or revelation than you do, you shouldn't say, you're going to hell. You should say, well, maybe we don't fully know everything that there is to know. But we do know what we need to know. And what we need to know is that the Lamb is worthy. And so I believe there are multiple interpretations of Revelation that remain faithful to the text. Secondly, we must keep in mind that John never gives his readers a timeline. Which means that the apocalypse is not a treatise on the end times. The apocalypse of Revelation is a biblical book that recalibrates our vision of Jesus Christ. Are you catching the theme? The book of Revelation is about Jesus, as every book in Scripture is. So in our brief moments together, we will examine today the judgments of God upon the earth. And I'm going to preach on the seals and the trumpets together. There are 14 of them. Some have the view that the seals, trumpets, and bowls are sequential. Which means that there would be 24 different judgments. Does that make sense? So 1 plus 1 plus 1 all the way to 21. And many Christians believe that is true. There's another camp that believes that, that these seals, trumpets, and bowls are, a big word, recapitulatory. I practice that all week. I'm serious. But you hear the word recap in there. 
So those who understand Revelation in that way is that the trumpets recap the seven seals and the bowls recap the seven seals and the seven trumpets. Think bullseye, where every concentric circle shows a greater understanding of the judgment upon the earth. And that is my interpretation. So as we read Revelation, that will come out. One final introductory manner before we get into the sermon. Um, Some are going to ask, is the church present when the seals and the trumpets arrive? In my estimation, the answer is yes, for a variety of reasons. First, we see no mention of God physically removing his church in a rapture from Revelation 5 to Revelation chapter 6. So if you believe in the rapture, that God removes his church before the tribulation, I think that's a valid interpretation. I would, I would ask you, though, to find where that is in Revelation. Because you don't, it's not here in Revelation. So reading the entire counsel of the Word of God, you would most likely say it's between chapters 5 and chapters 6. But again, I believe there are multiple interpretations that fit the faithful witness of the Word of God. Secondly, saints in Revelation chapter 6 verse 9 ascend to the throne. And you ask, well, how do they get to the throne of God? Not by rapture, but through martyrdom. And so the, the, the saints in chapter 6, which we're going to read, are in the presence of God, not because they've been raptured out, but because they die for their faith. And I think Revelation meets us through the midst of our greatest suffering. Third, I personally locate most of the seals, we'll get there, um, and the trumpets as the period between Christ's resurrection and his impending return. So I believe that the seals and the trumpets are echoing what Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 8. That these are the beginning of birth pains until the Messiah returns. And so I see the seals and the trumpets as labor pains of judgment. Does that make sense? And so when I, when I preach through Revelation, that's, hopefully that will make sense as we begin. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, let's begin. Thank you for permission. Revelation 6, verses 1 through 8. We see in seals 1 through 4, they were opened by the Lamb. Why is that important? Because Jesus doesn't, he's not absent from chapter 6 through 20. The book of Revelation is about the crucified Lamb. So Jesus opens the scroll and these judgments come from the throne. And Revelation describes these four seals as four unique horses. And you might have heard them. We call them the horses of the apocalypse. There's four of them. There's a red horse. There's a white horse. Sorry, let me get right order. White horse, red horse, a black horse, and a pale green horse. The first writer here in chapter 6, 1 through 2 is a rider on the white horse. And some would say it's Jesus. I don't see that as Jesus. Some would say it's the Antichrist. And so I'm thinking, okay, some scholars say it's Jesus. Some say it's the Antichrist. Like, how much differing interpretations can you get? I don't think it's either. I think it's, a, it's an angelic being that, that demonstrates God's judgment upon the earth to those who do not believe. The second horse, so the first horse has the power to conquer. The second removes peace. The third brings food insecurity. And the fourth can kill in a multitude of ways. 
But notice in each instant, look at verse 4. In each instance, the horse and the rider take peace from the earth. Now in Revelation, anytime you hear about earth dwellers, those are not physical people who are on a physical earth. That's biblical imagery for unbelievers. So those who are upon the earth is not those who are dwelling upon the terrestrial third planet. Those are people who are unrepentant unbelievers who have not trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In Revelation, that's consistent. It always refers to unbelievers. But let me say this to you. If you are a believer, those who follow Jesus Christ have no reason to fear these judgments. We were talking in our life group today. The only time you see John upset in the book of Revelation is not during the judgments. The only time he's upset is when he looks and no one is worthy to open the scroll. Listen, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. Even in the most difficult moments. But unbelievers should be filled with dread and desperation. So let me sum up the four horses and the first four seals. The four horses of the apocalypse have the authority to kill by sword, famine, plague, and the wild animals of the earth. And together these four horses in my in, in my understanding, represent every desire of every earthly kingdom. What do earthly kingdoms want to do? As we see conflict right now in Europe, they bring war, they bring famine, and famine leads to death. And so we ask, who can stand against such a judgment? Those who have been sealed by the blood of the Lamb. And church, I believe these first four seals, we are experiencing them right now. I believe in this world we are experiencing God's judgment of famine and God's judgment upon the earth of war and of conquest and difficulty. If you don't believe me, turn on the news. Turn on the Twitters. And you will see that our world is a broken world. Because I believe when Jesus rose from the dead, the end times began. And I am here waiting and saying, God, how long will you wait? But there's not only four judgments, is there? There's the fifth seal in chapter 6, verse 9. And we see under the altar the souls of those who have been slaughtered. Now, I believe the word souls gives us an indication that these are not the first Resurrection has not occurred of the bodily resurrection. So I see these as souls as bodily resurrection has not yet occurred. They are awaiting the resurrection, the second return of Christ, so that they will be bodily resurrected again. And they are said to be identified in this way. Verse 9. The souls of those who have been slain or Slaughtered. Have you heard that word before in Revelation? You've only heard it once before. That word describes Jesus. You see, the slain and slaughtered state of these souls reminds them that their Messiah was slain, that they would have hope. And they, they, they ask this question. They cry out in a loud voice in verse 10. Lord, 
who is holy and true, how long until you judge those who live on the earth? Again, in Revelation, that's a tag that means unbelievers. God, how long until you judge unbelievers? Those who live on the earth and avenge our blood. These are words often raised by Old and New Testament saints alike, aren't they? Psalm 94 verse 3 inquires of the Lord, God, how long will all the wicked, how long will the wicked celebrate? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever looked at your world and seen suffering, maybe suffering in your life, and you you call out to God and you say, God, how long will you wait? God, how long until I, I understand why this suffering exists? God, how long? You're not the only one that's ever asked that. And look how God answers your question and how he answers their question in verse 11. Actually, he doesn't speak. They were given a a white robe and they were told to rest a little while until the number would be completed of their fellow servants and their brothers and sisters who were going to be killed just as they had been. Now again, I see this this seal unfolding right now before our very eyes. That men and women are dying for their faith and have died for their faith since Jesus rose again. And they are crying out, Lord, how long will you wait? And God's answer is this. Two things. He gives them a white robe and he tells them to rest. The, The answer to your suffering is... For the believers, God says, I will bring you into my presence and I will give you rest. What a glorious joy for the Christian. Who can stand against such a judgment? To know Christ is to be in the presence of God and to find eternal rest. Isn't that what Jesus says to us? Come, you who are weary and heavy. Take my yoke upon you. Because it is easy and light. And I will give you rest. I think that's enough, but there's more seals. There's a sixth seal. If the first five seals describe current moments, in my opinion, the sixth seal includes all the future signs of the end. The earthquake and darkness, the moon turning red, stars falling, skies splitting, and mountains moving. So if the first five seals represent what's currently happening, I believe the sixth seal represents the final judgment and the final future end. If the first five seals ask the question, how long, this sixth seal asks the question, who can stand? And it's the world crying out in God's final judgment and saying, God, who can stand against the Lamb? And we know that no one can. No one can stand on the day of judgment other than the one who stands slain before the foundations of the world. And if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible describes it this way. That Jesus covers your sin by his blood and he presents you before his Father with great joy. Jude says, to the one who can keep you from stumbling, to the one who keeps you from falling down, 
Revelation asks, who can stand? And Jude says, only those who have given their life to Jesus Christ. These are the ones who will stand on the final day of judgment. Church, there is great hope for the one who has given their life to Jesus Christ. If the first five seals were set in motion by the resurrection, and the sixth seal is not yet to come, then the seventh seal anticipates the final day before the the great throne room of God. So we have to skip a chapter. Look at chapter 8. We'll come back to the rest next week. We see this about the seventh seal. He opened the seventh seal. There was silence in verse 1 in heaven for about half an hour. The seventh and final seal is a seal of silence. And it envisions the last moment when the earth is destroyed and all sinners receive the full punishment for their sins. The judgment of the world is complete and we await a new heaven and new earth. And that is not fulfilled until chapters 19, 20, and 21. The seventh seal reminds us of this, church. That sinners will be judged. There is not a single person that escapes judgment. And if you have given your life to Christ, you will not escape judgment. You will be judged also. But that judgment will be a judgment based on the worthiness of Christ, not on your works. And I believe the seventh seal pictures the day that there will be a final judgment And all who have given their life to Christ await that day when the answer to how long is revealed. And God is found faithful. Now you might think that's enough. I'm tired of judgment. Can we stop? But there are more judgments in the book of Revelation. And I believe that the trumpets and seals go hand in hand. So let's continue. Revelation chapter 8 verse 6. We have four initial Trumpets. And they all receive very little treatment in the text. And let me summarize them. So paralleling the first seals, the four trumpets strike one third of the earth. So the seals have the ability to strike one quarter, which I believe is symbolic at the restricted judgment of God. The trumpets strike one third, so a greater Fraction, if you forgot your fractions from second grade, one-third is greater than one-fourth. Just a quick, I don't have much time, but a quick note. Um, The reason I'm good at fractions, Miss Massey in second grade gave us candy bars. This has nothing to do with Revelation. And and she said, I will give you the amount of candy bar that actually corresponds to the fraction you give me. And so we were all saying, one out of three, one out of ten. I'm like, you know what? Ten over two. I want five candy bars. And so I, I nailed fractions in second grade because there was a sweet judgment at the end of those who got it right. So if you didn't have Miss Massey, Miss Massey, if you're listening, thank you for that. One third is greater than one fourth. But I believe, again, it reminds us of the restricted judgment of God. His judgment is not full in Revelation yet. It is restricted. God is still holding back because He is patient. He is kind. And so the first four trumpets strike the earth, sea, drinking water, and the luminaries. That is 
the sun, the, the moon, and the stars. The trumpet judgments also mirror the plagues in Egypt. And the fact that one-third of the earth is destroyed mirror the plagues in Egypt and also remind that God's wrath is restricted. So let me say this. If you view this passage as a historical event, then you would say this is in the future. Because we have not had, had one-third of the drinking water destroyed. We have not had one-third of the planet destroyed. If you view this as symbolic, as the spiritual symbolism for what is already going on because of our sin, this is an apocalyptic symbolism, then you could say this is going on in the current age. And that's how I read this. I believe that the resurrection ushered in these judgments upon the earth. And I believe that one day Jesus will return soon and make everything right again. And in verse 13 we see this. Woe to those who live on the earth. Again, that doesn't mean you're present on the planet. Woe to those who do not believe. Because the remaining trumpet blast and three angels are about to sound. So we have a fifth trumpet. And I think you can see how the first four trumpets mirror the first four seals. There's symbolism there. John used six verses to explain the first four trumpets, and he uses 12 verses to describe the next two. And I think the length of the text shows the magnitude of what is to come. And so we see in the fifth trumpet, and you can look in chapter 9 and verse 1. I'll summarize it. The fifth trumpet inaugurates a star that falls from heaven and opens the abyss. The shaft is opened and evil spirits like locusts come forth to torment anyone who does not have God's seal on their foreheads. And I believe the similar imagery is used in the book of Joel to to describe torment for anyone who does not believe and who does not have covenant relationship to the one true God. So we ask, who can stand against this? Only the one who is sealed and protected by the Lamb and His seal. Look at verse 4. Those who have the seal of God on their foreheads. Which reminds us that the seal of Jesus Christ is greater than any mark of the beast. And I'm going to prove that shortly. The description of locusts is built upon the long-haired Parthian warriors. So for those who tell your son, well, you can't grow your hair out because God doesn't want you, use revelation. Say, quit acting like a demon. Right? I've given you ammo now. But the Parthenian warriors had long hair and they had heavily armored horses. This is the only enemy that Rome feared because of their great destruction in the battle of Carthage. Rome, the greatest empire the world had ever known, feared these vicious warriors who are now described as these demonic locust-type beings. And I think John is telling us there is a greater enemy than what you could ever see. There are spiritual realms that are more difficult and more dangerous than we could ever perceive with our eyes. So let me ask you, who has sealed you? Revelation reminds us that you don't have to fear a future mark of the beast. You know, I, 
I've been through many cycles in my life where we've had different antichrists that have come and gone on different news channels. And, you know, we've had different microchips that were going to be embedded in your life at multiple points. Um, this is not helpful, but let me, let me just tell you, if your government wanted to track you, they, didn't need, they don't need a microchip. They know where you are. It's too late. But for the one who has been sealed by the blood of the Lamb, what do we fear? And so I'm not going to let anyone create fear in my life because revelation gives me hope, not fear. Secondly, every single person who lives today, I believe, already carries a seal upon their life. I don't believe that this is talking about a future seal one day. And there might be a mark that is visible, but I believe right now that angels and demons can look in this room and they can look at those who are watching online and they can see that you are either sealed by the blood or the lamb or you are marked with the mark of Satan. I think, I think demons and angels will laugh at us when we get all upset about a future mark tattooed on our foreheads. Because demons will say, as they sit around the coffee table, I don't know where demons sit. But in my, in my mind, it's a coffee table. Drinking decaf coffee, because that's, that's just what they do. Because caffeinated coffee's in heaven. That's not, that has nothing to do with Revelation. I believe the demons look at us and they can say, we, we see who you're sealed by. I believe the demons know if you're on enemy territory. I believe that's why demons won't know part of what happens on Sunday mornings across the world. Because hell shudders when those who have been sealed by the blood of the Lamb gather in the name of the Lamb. And we're reminded of that in Revelation chapter 9. God tells these locusts, you can, you can devour anything you want, but you will not touch those who have my seal upon their foreheads. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you are sealed right now. And one day that seal might be visible by our eyes, but right now by faith, I believe the angels can see the seal of Christ upon your life. And so if I lose my life today, I am sealed by the blood of the Lamb. And if God tarries and gives me another day, church, I am sealed by the blood of the Lamb. Who has sealed you? And these demonic locust type things, which I believe are a reminder of the, the demonic realm, have the ability to torment in verse 5. They don't kill, they torment. And I believe the fifth trumpet describes today the psychological misery and the torment marking human existence. When you see people, when you see humanity filled with persons controlled by self-pity and anger and lust and jealousy and, and unhappiness. Church, this is the mark of Satan's dominion. And you will never find joy until you give your life to Jesus Christ. I believe those who are sealed with the beast mark, the mark of Satan, are living in torment. Because the greatest needs of your life are never satisfied. One of the greatest needs we have is if you died today, where would you go? Heaven or hell? You cannot answer that question in assurance until you have received the mark of the Lamb upon your life. That is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But it gets worse. We have a sixth trumpet. 
And it releases the four angels bound about the Euphrates River. These, that these beings are released and not commissioned suggests they are demonic and not angelic. Angels are, are always commissioned. Demons are always released because demons are captive to the authority of God. Demons don't have their say in this world. God is in the ultimate authority. They are released and they have the power to kill through ordinary means, plagues and other kinds of disease. So we ask, who can stand against the six trumpets? And we realize that, that no one can. Look at verse 20 of chapter 9. We think it's getting worse and worse and worse. And so people are going to hit rock bottom and then they'll confess Jesus Christ as Savior. Oh, church, if that would be true. Verse 20 of chapter 9 says, The rest of the people who were not killed by the plagues, again, that's Exodus language, did not repent of the works of their hands to stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see or walk. And they did not repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Now what does that sound like to you? That doesn't sound like a future event. That sounds like today. And and I believe we are experiencing that. What we see in Scripture is that we often say people have to hit rock bottom before they look up to God. And the truth is that despite God's judgment, there will be some who will only refuse to turn. They'll turn away from God and not turn to Him. You see, God's judgment, even in Revelation, always has redemptive purpose. Suffering and hardship and difficulty in your life and in my life is is given by God or allowed by God that you and I might run back to Him. And yet we see that many in this world, no matter how bad it gets, will only curse God. And not run to him. Would you run to God today? Maybe you are the one who's asking God how long. Would you run to the throne? These are the judgments on a world without Jesus Christ. So what is Revelation really about? We get hints in Scripture. Look at verse 17. What we see in the six trumpets, horses and riders on their vision. Have you heard that before? Yes. The four horses of the apocalypse. So I believe it's recapping what has already happened. And they had breastplates that were fiery red, hyacinth, blue, and sulfur yellow. The heads of the horses were like heads of lions, and from their mouths, came fire, smoke, and sulfur. Now, I believe in this, John is giving us a reminder of what Revelation is all about. Where does the fire, smoke, and sulfur come from? What part of the horse's body? The mouth. Have you ever seen smoke come from a horse's mouth? Especially a horse who had the the head of a lion. No. But why the mouth? Because revelation is a battle of testimony. 
Revelation's a battle of testimony. I can prove it to you. Look at Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. When Jesus Christ returns in glory and triumph, he comes with a sword, a two-edged sword, which represents the sword of the Spirit. And the sword is not found on the sheath attached to the side of Jesus Christ. The sword of the Messiah comes from where? Why? Because confession and testimony is a battle of the mouth. Which is why Jesus tells us in his word, all who believe with their heart and confess with their mouth will be saved. Church, what is Revelation about? It's a testimony battle. And hell wages war against the truth of the gospel. But I have news for Satan. Hell will not win. Because the testimony of Jesus Christ is greater than any testimony the world has to offer. And with all of that, we skip to Revelation chapter 11. Verse 15. The final trumpets. The seventh angel blew his trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has come the kingdom of our Lord and Christ, He will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who were seated before God, seated before God on the thrones fell face down and they worshipped, saying, We give thanks, Lord God, the Almighty, who is and was, because you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. The nations were angry, but your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged and to give the reward to your servants, the prophets. I believe the seventh seal is the day of judgment and the seventh trumpet reminds us of a different perspective of that day. Because for the one who has been sealed by Jesus Christ, the day of judgment is a day you look forward to. Look what the saints say. The nations were angry. Your wrath has come. Your time to judge the dead is here. And to give their reward. The judgment of Christ is a reward to everyone who has been sealed by the blood of the Lamb. I believe the judgments of God and the seals, bowls, and trumpets are answering the question, who can stand so let me give you four thoughts on all of this you will never find hope in comfort revelation was written to seven churches that were dying for their faith and John never says come on guys it'll get better don't worry John tells believers, even if it gets worse, Jesus is greater. And he is stronger. And he is better than any suffering that you could experience. That your suffering is light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory to be revealed in the sons of men. Revelation was written to people who love Christ. And John says this to us. Even if your world falls apart, Jesus will never fail you. And so when you cry, God, how long? 
God, I'm tired of war. I'm tired of famine. I'm tired of difficulty. I'm tired of the torment. God, when will it stop? Jesus says, here's your white robe. Come into my presence and I will give you rest. The greatest comfort you will ever experience is not physical. It's being in the presence of God forever. That gives me hope. That gives me hope, church. Revelation reminds us, even in judgment, that you have nothing to fear. So if you read Revelation, or if you hear someone teaching Revelation, and you leave freaked out and terrified, John would say, you're missing the point. For the one who has been sealed by the blood of the Lamb, you will never experience the wrath of God. Never. The wrath of God, of God has been poured out upon Jesus Christ. He took your wrath. What glorious hope in that. And so we look to the day of judgment and we say, God, the nations were angry. We will be judged and we will receive our reward because we have been sealed. If you have been sealed by the blood, you have nothing to fear. Spurgeon said it this way, being justified, justified by faith, we have peace with God. Anyone need peace? Conscience accuses no longer. Judgment now decides for the sinner instead of against him. What a glorious reminder that is. That when we stand before God, and he says, Josh, why should I let you into my heaven? Jesus stands up and says, Father, I'll answer that question. My blood covers him. There is no more wrath for the one who has trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Church, God and the Lamb are in complete control. We see in Revelation. There is no demonic locust with the head of a lion. There is no Satan. There is no demon who has power or authority or scheme that is not under the complete sovereign control of Yahweh. If it were not for God's protection, the world would be overwhelmed with wickedness. There would not even be a two-thirds left. But God's judgment is restricted that you might come to Him today. He's not slow as you consider slowness, but He is patient with you and with me. Lastly, the greatest torment and the punishment that anyone will suffer is spiritual darkness. I don't worry about the great tribulation because the second death and the eternal death is the worst thing that anyone could ever experience. I don't worry about persecution because the worst thing that anyone could ever experience is an eternal death away from the presence of God. And the day of Jesus is a day of wrath for, for those who do not believe. Church, there is something worse than physical death. And that is spiritual death. And Revelation is reminding us, run to Jesus. Be sealed by the blood of the Lamb. He is the only one who is worthy. 
So I leave you with the question that John leaves us with. Who can stand? If you were to die today, could you stand before the presence of God with full faith and assurance? Are you sealed by the blood of the Lamb? Are you sealed with the mark of the beast? And I know what you're thinking. Well, I'm not that bad. I'm not demonic. But there's only two marks, isn't there, church? There's no other mark. It's either we wear the seal of the Lamb or we wear the seal of the beast. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ today? For those who have, you have nothing to fear ever again. For those who have not, would you run to Jesus today? You'll say, Pastor, I don't know where I would go when I die. Would you do business with the Lord right now? He said, how can I trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? You can pray a prayer like this. It's a prayer of repentance. An assurance of faith that God hears. You can pray a prayer that says, Father, I have sinned. Forgive me. I believe today that Jesus died on the cross. Father, I believe that the lamb, though, didn't stay dead. I believe the lamb rose again. Today I trust in Jesus as my Savior. And I will follow him all the days of my life. Lord, I turn from myself and I turn to you. Heaven's response to that prayer is Josh, I thought you would never ask. Of course I'll forgive you. My son died for you. His blood covers you. I will take your guilt and I will take your shame and I will take your chaos and I will give you peace. I will take your difficulty and I will give you rest. I will take your hunger and I will satisfy you. This is God's answer to all who cry out. Will you be sealed by the blood of the Lamb today? Father, we thank you 